This is the Industrial IoT Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you education, information, and inspiration, only on MarketScale. We have seen the emergence of what I call modern Internet of Things. It's really the connectivity piece and the data aggregation piece that is usually missing in the infrastructure right now in the market. Welcome to the IoT Podcast. I'm your host, Shelby Skirhawk. Today, my guest is Chris Frankowski, Core Wireless Senior Vice President of IT and Security. He brings more than a decade of experience managing corporate security and building integrated security tools for IoT deployments. Chris, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. So let's start off with just learning a little bit about you first. What's your background and how did you find your way to Core Wireless? Yeah, so I've been working in IT for roughly 20 years. Um, prior to getting into IT professionally, I really got hooked into computers by playing around with the Commodore 64 when I was a, a younger kid, a teenager. And, um, you know, just the, from the moment I had a, a modem, you know, I was just really entranced by the idea of connecting with other individuals, whether through message boards or sharing software, building applications and, and showing off what uh, each of us could do. Uh, from there, I you know, went to Ohio State, got a computer science degree, and then landed up at a company called Rayco based out of Cincinnati, Ohio. We were a barcode data collection company. And during that time, we really had um, a great relationship with the mobile network operators in the United States, one of them being T-Mobile USA. And through that relationship, we built their first, what they call wireless APN to support IoT connectivity specifically. At, back in those days, it was called M2M. So I was subscriber number one on that network, uh, built it up to about one and a half, two million subscribers, and eventually we sold that business to Core. And now I'm at Core, where we have over 12 million devices worldwide uh, on all of our global IoT networks. So I'm always interested in this question because I think about back to very first modems, and and I guess my entry into the internet was uh, uh, it was like that AOL. It wasn't just the disk; it was like this box that you kind of used to connect. It was, I guess, basically the, the internet for dummies. And uh, it's always fascinating to me that when you think back to when you're using that very first technology, did you ever have an inkling that, you know what, especially because uh, it sounds like you and I are both were using this as, as young teenagers. Did you have an inkling this might be what you want to do when you grow up? I did. I knew there was something there. It was still in its infancy. Yeah. Uh, but I was hooked. I was addicted. And, you know, I'd be when most kids were out doing something outside or running around playing video games. You know, I was building a BBS. I, I was connecting with others around the world. And I just kept thinking to myself, why aren't more people doing this? Right. This just makes sense. This is fun. This is useful. It's practical. Um, and then associated with that, my interest in security after I built that BBS that I referenced, I actually had it hacked into uh, by someone that I, I knew and that the light bulb kind of went off that there's something here as well. Yes. You know, there needs to be a better way to protect these systems. There needs to be, you know, how can this happen, right? Why, why did this happen? Can I do it myself? What can I do to prevent it? Um, so that led me down that path of cybersecurity along with the just general interest in connectivity, which eventually led to uh, supporting internet applications, specifically web-based, web and mobile-based applications. Well, that's, 
that's exactly right that I guess in, in its infancy, uh, so was hacking and so was the idea that this uh, this whole new world that connects us with everybody is also very vulnerable uh, because it's connected to everybody. So uh, it kind of lends our topic today, which is IoT security and then security by design. Kind of seems like a buzzword, the security by design. So uh, let's let's break that down really quickly and just what does exactly does that mean? Yeah, so security by de- design, the definition would be putting in security mechanisms into a software or application prior to starting development. Um, so you're looking at all the potential threats that may exist and mitigating those prior to going to production. And it's it, you're right, it's kind of a buzzword that's thrown around and, and it's not it's not well defined um, in the mainstream and there's no real given framework around it. So what I'm trying to do is I talk to more customers and, and partners is discuss with them a consistent way to take security by design, a framework for that or guidelines, best practices, so to speak. So you have consistency as you build more and more applications. Consistency is a big word there because the... I mean, the way that I understand it, security by design relies on following kind of infrastructure framework consistently and making sure that each and every time uh, this is done uh, with those protocols in mind so anomalies don't end up leading to security breaches. But with the security by design, I mean, am I seeing this right in that the ultimate variable seems to be people? Yeah, I, I think back to just the lack of lack of consistency, lack of a process. So uh, what I'm evangelizing is this idea of a five-step process uh, centered around the idea of threat modeling, which I think is at the heart of security by design. And that's the, the task of identifying and then documenting and executing the mitigation of those of the threats you find during the process. So the step one would be defining your assets within a solution. Um, not only the, the, the compute, the storage, those type the devices themselves in the case of IoT, but also the sensitive data you may be protecting, whether it's on device, in transit, or maybe in the cloud stored on a database somewhere. And then step two, decomposing that application through a architecture diagram so you can see very clearly and share with others how the application is broke up. And then step three, look at each area of the application as it's decomposed and identify those threats. Step four, document the threats and think about mitigations and then rate and prioritize those threats so you can have a strategy around preventing them. So I'm jotting down these five steps. Is it worth going into a little bit more about what each of these steps mean and I guess the the main challenges that companies uh, should know when they are looking at security by design for their for their devices, IoT devices. Yeah, there's a, a sort of a traditional framework that was developed by Microsoft, I, I think, in the late 90s, uh, maybe maybe prior to that, but it's been around for quite some time, and it's an acronym, a numeric uh, called Stride. So what Stride allows you to do is have at least some sort of some guideposts as far as what to look for. And what in the acronym itself, it stands for S is for spoofing, T is for tampering, R is for repudiation, I is for information disclosure, D is for denial of service, and E is for escalation of privilege. So you think about that, that's a pretty comprehensive list of the type of threats that you could have 
in your IoT solution. And what you would do is, I mentioned, you're, you're decomposing this application. You've got it built up into the different parts. And as you go and look at each part, you can run through Stride and think about, say, for instance, within the, uh, if it's an IoT solution, you're going to have hardware, you're going to have firmware running on, on the device, you're going to have some sort of network stack and network connectivity talking through the cloud and in the back end, a database. Say you look at the device level, how can attacker tamper with this device, T from the Stride model? How can they grab uh, sensitive information, which would be information disclosure, just run through Stride for each part of the application, and that just gives you a way of running through very thoroughly the potential threats that exist within within your solution. How widespread is uh, security by design and then in turn threat modeling in terms of use? Yeah, so in, in IoT specifically, the attack service is quite large. Um, that's what makes this a bit of a challenge, you know, compared to traditional web application that may be running on IES, a Microsoft application talking back to a SQL database. You know, it's very simple. There's a trust boundary, which would be the, the connectivity, the authorized connectivity between two different components, which would be your web server and your database server. But you think about something like an IoT application as simple as, let's say, a temperature sensor, and that's just the first thing that comes to mind that it, you know it's this small device it fits in the palm of your hand but on that is a full operating system uh there's a full there's a network module whether it be a, a 3G 4G module for connectivity Wi-Fi Bluetooth etc which have it has its own security potential security vulnerabilities there may be storage that exists flash or something uh, more permanent that is within the device it's got a processor uh then it connects to a network and if the network is not properly segmented out properly, you've got potential exposure there. You're talking through some sort of uh, application programmer interface, an API, or maybe a cloud-based platform like a LOSANT or an AWS IoT core. And then you're talking back into databases. So that's just in the scope of the solution itself that a solution provider would would be responsible for, that they'd have control over. That attack surface is very large. So it can be quite a challenge to go through each of those components and um, run through Stride and document all the potential threats. But over time, what I found is when you start this process, it's very formalized and be difficult. But just like anything, you'll get better and better, and it'll just become a state of mind where you run through Stride. You'll run through the threat monitoring automatically uh, as a developer. Um, but then also keeping in mind that that attack service doesn't uh, stop there. The attack service also includes third-party applications like the device management platform that your device manufacturer may release and have running on the web that has some sort of OTA or firmware upgrades that are available. It may be your connectivity ma management platform where you're managing your IP addresses and your VPN connectivity through the network all the way to the DNS and even your uh, support system. Uh, which may have some hooks into the system or possible social engineering uh, entry points into the ecosystem that you've created. How does this threat modeling and having this security thought of uh, before development, how does that help, I guess, defend against the wide playing field that there is, knowing that there are so many touch points and, and different levels of security or insecurity at these various places? What kind of difference does that make? Well, I think it's table stakes today to release a product, right? Whether it's B2B or, or something in consumer, uh, consumer space, you know, security now, particularly in IoT, it's it's a mainstream topic. 
Uh, we've all heard of the Mirai botnet that impacted so many devices. You've got California that's releasing legislation related to the security of IoT devices, basically a checklist of common best practices that need to be followed before it can be released to consumers. So first and foremost, you know, if you want to sell your product, if you want it to be accepted uh, by your in the market, it needs to be secure. So this is this is a way to ensure that. And it, just like anything, it's it's much easier to invest the, the maybe smaller amount of money up front to go through this process rather than to reverse engineer this and add security later on after the fact, right? So you're preventing that and making an investment in your future here where you're not going to be stuck with a huge bill trying to mitigate a threat that's almost impossible to mitigate, you know, later on as you scale the solution out. You mentioned that DDoS attack. Um, what are, I guess, are are there lingering ramifications from that uh, from that attack that that we're still feeling today? Yeah, we still see on our networks at core. We still see scans for that. Um, so there's many variants of Mirai. Uh, the the code's been released at some point. I think it was 2016, 2017 timeframe. So there's tons of forks that exist in that code base. And there's all sorts of clever names for variants of it that have been released over the years. And you still see that propagating itself through the internet, um, looking for devices that one, have open ports, have open IP addresses, have the default username and password, because the way these things work is they have a database, it's very simple. They have a database of maybe 60 to 100 username, password pairs, like username, user, password, password and they try to run through those, get into your uh, system remotely, and then install some sort of malware that becomes part of the botnet, and, and then the command and control server would take take control of your particular IoT devices. So back to threat modeling, you know, had that process been done and those devices that were impacted, they wouldn't have this vulnerability existing today because it would probably be the first thing that pops up as you go through Stride looking at spoofing you know, to put in uh, proper authentication and complex passwords and, and brute force uh, brute force attack prevention by putting in account lockouts, those common best practices so you wouldn't have this problem in the first place. So you mentioned uh, social engineering, and, and I'm curious, how does that impact IoT security? Yeah, great question, Shelby. And I'm glad you asked that because it's something that doesn't get enough attention in the space of IoT security. You know, everybody's kind of focused on hardening the device and hardening your network connectivity through network segmentation and, and that sort of thing. Um, but the reality is, and I, I say this uh, as an experienced white hat hacker myself, going back to those days in the Commodore 64 world, believe it or not, you know, it, it's very, very easy just to call someone and get credentials. Um, you know, masquerading as someone you're not. There's new tools that exist out there, the voice cloning tools uh, that can be used, phishing tools uh, to just go and, and say that you're someone you're not and then grab those credentials. And then once you have an entry point, you know, you can get into those other systems. I mentioned, you know, the attack service, attack surface rather on an IoT solution uh, extends into third-party products. So if someone has any entry point from any of those third-party services, they can very well get into your entire fleet of devices, which can be quite scary. So doing that uh, security awareness training with your employees, making sure that your customers flip on, use complex passwords, that they use two-factor authentication, 
these are all things that are going to help you as an IoT solution provider uh, keep your solution secure overall. So we've talked about these various threats that are uh, very real. How then do you keep something like IoT devices secure? Yeah, so you've gone through this process. Uh, you, you've ensured security by design. Your product is in the market, but now you got to keep it secure. So uh, number one, you would want to start with vulnerability scanning across all those elements that you documented earlier during your threat modeling, just making sure that nothing pops up, whether it through uh, a new code release or some sort of, sort of new vulnerability that exists in a while in the wild. Uh, scheduled vulnerability scanning is critical across all those elements. Um, continue to do assessments, both from your security team and, and third parties. Um, at core, we like to have a third party come in and establish baselines because you can't, you can't improve what you don't measure. So at least see exactly where you're at from a security posture score standpoint and make sure you're making improvements. Um, part of the process of building number three, part of the process of building an IoT solution would be the inclusion of OTA over the air updates. So if something does come up, if there's a security vulnerability that that you find after the fact that you have the ability to remotely send um, an update or patch to the devices and get them updated. And then monitoring device behavior, that, that's very critical. So looking for anomalies, you know, typically IoT devices, there's more of an expected pattern of the way the device should behave, the network traffic, uh, the data that it's sending, you know, compared to your typical PC desktop computer which you know, is, is quite variable with the number of applications you're installing. But let's go back to that simple example of the temperature sensor. You know, you're gonna, that, that device may be scripted to send data uh, every five minutes you know, with a temperature reading. If there's any sort of fluctuation or deviation from that behavior, you may have a problem, whether it be a real security breach or it could be misconfigured. But either way, you should address it. So at Core, we've been building tools to help customers with this particular problem. We have a product called Security Pro that's monitoring all of our networks, our cellular networks worldwide, and looking for those subtle changes in device behavior that could indicate some sort of anomaly, which could be a security breach. Excellent information uh, for us to, to digest today. Um, I guess if there was just uh, one kind of final thought, one thing that you want to make sure that, uh, that our listeners understand when they walk away from this podcast, what would it be? Well, I would say if you don't know where to start with security uh, and you, you, this is all new to you, bring in some expertise. You know, there's plenty of MSPs out there and uh, professional services available that can walk you through this process, threat modeling, security by design. And it may even help you to have a third party set of eyes on this because I know most solution providers, there's time to market pressure. Uh, you want to get something out as soon as possible, and they can assist you with that and give you the expertise you need to make sure this is done properly. Excellent stuff. Well, Chris, I really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for uh, for joining me and actually uh, sharing back to the days of that Commodore 64. Thanks, Shelby. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> Absolutely. And that does it for this episode of the IoT Podcast. Until next time, I'm Shelby Skirhawk.